Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Very excited to have my friend. And I think this is her third time being a guest, although she's been on many, many times on the Thursday show, but her third one-on-one Monday interview. It's Allie Ward. You know her as the host of the very entertaining and very educational science podcast, Ologies. She's also the host of the CW's Did I Mention Invention. She's a correspondent on CBS's Innovation Nation. She's a science friend on Netflix's Brainchild. She is a consulting producer on a number of science shows, including Michelle Obama's new show. And she is a co-host on 100 Humans. My intention was to do that without looking at this piece of paper. And I have already failed. I don't want to start the podcast on such a negative note. But Allie Ward, hello and welcome. Hi. Is this my third time as a Monday guest? Yeah, because you were on in 2017. You were on in 2019. In, I, just, I, I just saw the date today. It was December 19th, 2019. It was like right, it was right before the world changed. Yes. Oh my God. That's right. I and remember. I, I feel like I came into your, um, your studio and I was like, was this the time when I could smell my own pits and I stole your deodorant? Yes. No, you didn't steal it. I offered it. I had was very nice yeah just to just to make, so just so people don't think that I leave deodorant around my <laughs> studio although not that that's a bad thing to do I had a sponsor <laughs> at the time and it was yes. a deodorant and I had a sample that they had sent me in the studio because it smelled really good so mm-hmm. during the theme song you did sniff your pits and then you commented that you had forgotten to apply deodorant and I was like I have this unused deodorant do you want it so yeah, sure and then thing. also you worried you had a cold, so you were, and th- this was back before germophobia was hip, <laughs> and so you were like using a um a chlor like a little Clorox sheet and cleaning off everything. It was very, I mean, it was you were ahead Aww. of your time, pre pando. I know. I mean, who knows? Maybe I was an early adopter. <laughs> I think you maybe were. I you maybe were a disruptor. I had it first. Maybe. Do you think you've oh. had it? I don't know. I mean, I think I had a I had like a flu in December mm-hmm. 2019, but I rarely get sick. But um, I think my immune system's so run down, it just doesn't bother anymore. It's just like, <laughs> if you take us out, that's fine. But I don't think I've had it before. But I have had 
my nose probed. Do you know how many times you've gotten a COVID test? I'm sorry to start us off on a on a COVID, but that's okay. Um, it's you know what for people who are like I don't want to talk about COVID. I, first of all, I don't think anyone listening to an episode with Ali Ward would feel that way because they know well, you're you're everyone's science friend. And I'm second trying. of all, it's what's going on in the world. I've lost track. I think maybe like five or six tests. Probably. Yeah. I bet you've had like way more than that. I think maybe I'm up in the tens, mm. but I had one that, wow, they're getting even, I had one that went so far back into my brain and I've had the brain ones before. Oh, but I, I haven't gotta, had that. Oh, I had one where she's like, have you had these before? And I was like, yeah, she um, <laughs> Thank you. And she was like one of those nurses. It was so sweet. She's like, hi, sweetie. I'm like, oh, I love you so much. I love um, that too. Oh, I love, I love when they call me sweetie. Isn't that It weird? really works for me. Same. <laughs> I love when... People call me honey, baby, or sweetie. And then I, I feel it. like, but I feel like I shouldn't. Like, aren't I supposed to want to be seen as an adult? So why the, is that affection? Why does it just fill the empty spaces inside me? I think it's really like, consider the source. You know, yeah. if a doctor came in and was like, sweetie, don't worry about it. I'd be like, fuck you, I'm a woman. <laughs> but if it's like a, a nurse, especially one even younger than me, that's like, okay, sweetie. I'm like, <laughs> You're, everyone's so nice to me here. Like, it's, I don't know. But she was like, she, it was one of the things where you go drive your car up and then she's mm-hmm. like, all right. She's like, this is kind of a new one. It's a little bit more slim. So it does hurt more. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense right. physically, but okay. And she was like about to jam it. And she was like, you know what, sweetie, you might just want to put your head against your headrest to brace so, yourself. Oh my and God. She's like, Louise. Yeah. It was intense. COVID negative. But you know what they did? Hmm. They... <laughs> <laughs> I just spoiled my own story, but um, they called and left a message. They're like, this is a doctor from urgent care. If you can give me a call about your test results. And oh, God. Like, so then I was like, well, how many people do I have to tell that I maybe could have seen in, right. you know, in pa- grocery stores? I have to call Sprouts and be like, hey, I've got COVID. Um, but I called and they're like, yeah, I just want to say you're all negative. And I was like, you. I thought that it, you leave positive information you have to call for negative information isn't that's that what, what television has you've been on Grey's Anatomy isn't that what, what that's what you do teach um okay Shonda wait says so anyway that's can enough we, COVID talk for now just one more one more oh, yeah. follow-up can we talk about the thin probe being more painful I don't understand that me neither me neither I was like long yes thin why because are they and like jabbing it into uh, i don't get it but anyway what what does it feel like because i've i've only had the spit swabs the cheek oh, swab god um it feels like you are going down on a pipe cleaner that has lost its fuzzy tip it feels like Ow. you're absolutely performing very pornographic acts on a sharp piece of metal what do you do with it's your like nose Allie? The, and you're like all it's like through your nose and down your throat oh and I you're see. like yeah and then uh just like so much like coughing and like <laughs> you're like harlequin with like one eye of mascara like all the way down to <laughs> the other's completely intact like whichever nasshole right. they went for is a disaster um yeah and then it's over and while it's happening you're like this is horrible uh I don't want to live anymore. Mm. Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? And then after like 20 seconds after, you're like, that was bad. Not too bad. And then five minutes later, you're like, I do it again. I think it's like childbirth. That I was just going to say. I was just yeah. going to say that is because as, 
Elliot was coming out of my vagina. I, I, I might have told you this before. I've said it before, but I was like, I'm never, ever, ever, ever doing this again. Yeah. And then I remember like a few weeks later, I was already thinking about the next time I do this, there are, diff- there are things I want to do differently. And I was like, thank God biology just just men in blacks yeah. your memory. Yeah. Um, do you know, is the... F- it- the swab for the flu, is that also the brain pan one? Because Elliot, before COVID, was sick and they tested him for flu. And I remember them kind of like swirling a little thing up his nose. But it I couldn't tell how far it went because it's just a little kid and everything's little. But he did like kind of go like, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like did a wince. Not like a, in pain, but just like that was a weird feeling. If he didn't start a diary about it it probably wasn't the nasopharyngeal if you're if he's not currently seeing a therapist to to discuss it because the the nasopharyngeal one is the one where it goes through your sinuses and then there's just like a i think they can also just like do do kind of a a, like a candy cane or what is it called cotton candy of snot um, around the rim you know what i mean and i think that's not so bad yes okay so uh, there's so much to talk about with you Allie. (laughs) you just taught me something that that is so important in these zoom times which is that in preferences on zoom now some people are like you can enhance your looks you can enhance your appearance you didn't know that of course I, i invented that bitches of course i knew that no but i didn't know that you could like play around with eyebrows hair bows you can change your lipstick and the the eyebrows did not look good on me but the lipstick i'm not wearing it right Mm -hmm. now but it looked pretty good youtube.com slash allison rosen where you can see what we look like minus these filters as of right now but wow Allie, what fun i mean you just what you do is you go into video settings you look for the fourth one down is background and filters right you're going to find all kinds of emojis you can put on your face. This is where lawyers get in trouble being like, I'm not a cat. That's like where <laughs> you do that. that. Yeah. And then at the very bottom of that, there's something that says studio effects beta. And I have just put a, like a very <laughs> dusty goatee on myself. I know. You can thicken your eyebrows. It It's wild. Okay. Y'all. I'm going to do it as well. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So now I have also added so i'm gonna add some i'm gonna change my eyebrows i'm adding some facial hair and i'm gonna um thank you thank you oh here we go and i'm gonna add a a pale pig lip oh (laughs) so ali is a pig i mean no offense no i am interesting that you know what's interesting ali we both have the same facial hair we both, yeah, we both chose like a, this is like, this is like, it's like Rob Lowe and St. Elmo's Fire, maybe. Mm, like in yeah. the 80s, we are men who wear earrings and play saxophone. Yeah. And I had a crush on us, probably. Yeah. Wait, where's We're wearing pink? a goatee that um, definitely is a groomsman at a wedding that yeah. you're getting pressured to hook up with. Yes. That you do not want to hook up with no i'm wearing pig's ears that are animated where did heavy you get eyebrows. those i don't those are just uh in the weird emoji area weird emoji it's area. i don't it's, think i have that area yeah maybe different people have different ones but just so you know you can saunter in to your zoom meetings looking absolutely batshit and it's so fun <laughs> what do you think of my lips now they're Let's purple see. blue amazing okay I wouldn't oh, if I, I didn't <gasps> a hydrangea on your head. 
Thank you. I think it looks good. I Madonna hates hydrangeas, but I like them. Really? Everyone hates Madonna, so hydrangeas <laughs> doesn't care. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so this is how this is just how you do it. We're learning new things. I'm so happy to teach you this something is- that might make your Zoom calls so uh, much even more, more entertaining and but, yeah. also full disclosure while i try to figure out how to get rid of all this stuff oh it's me again right okay. those are my brows yeah. okay um you early on in the pandemic and do you have a cute pandemic name like the pandy or the pandem or i don't really quarantines um, I've tried so hard to make fetch happen with the term <laughs> anti-pandy. <laughs> anti-pandy. Oh, yeah. Because it's like anti is before, like antediluvian means like before the flood, right? right. Before Antibellum. Noah's flood. So, yeah. So, um, anti-pandy. Nobody anti-pandy. wants to use it. Do they want a pre-pandy? Post-pand? Post-pand? Anyway, um, at the beginning of all of this... I turn to you for some advice on how to do remote recordings because I never did them and you do them all the time. And you totally put my, uh, you totally like talked me through it and calmed me down. So thank you very much. Happy to help in these trying times. It really still is though a clusterfuck. With you, it has been easy because you're a pro, but it still feels like a clusterfuck every single time. What about for you? Onology. Oh, a little bit, a little bit. I, I mean, uh, I don't think people who listen to podcasts understand necessarily mm-hmm. how many tech diffs we are going through each week. Like, yeah. if you don't notice a lot of things sounding terrible, then uh, thank your podcasters because there are so many like echoes I've had to clean up after the fact because someone's headphones were too loud mm-hmm. or not on, or right. um, if people come in and out of the room, or they're they're microphone clicks and you can't hear it until you get into post. So yes, I was, ugh, I was up until 4.30 in the morning this week uh, with one of my sound editors, who's also my affiance, oh. um, just cleaning out, cleaning audio echoes on a two hour interview. It, like, uh So yes. Yeah, so if you don't notice, you're welcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, I had a situation where I'm like, how many clicky bracelets are you wearing? And how many buttons are they rubbing on? And why can't but I don't see it. I don't see stuff hanging off your jacket. But that's what it sounds like. I know. And you know, what's weird, too, is I'm doing all of my interviews over a platform where we don't have video. Mm. So we're just doing audio. And what I've realized is I have to cut out me enthusiastically going, oh, mm, because they can't see my facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like giving audio cues like I'm listening and that's interesting. Right. Um, where I, I normally just would have shut my trap and mm-hmm. done that with my, well, as I'm like hitting, <laughs> I would have done that with my dumb face. And instead I'm doing it audio wise and I'm like, oh, I sound like I'm interrupting. So I have to like go in and mm-hmm. cut them out. So yeah, we're, we're doing all kinds of stuff behind the scenes. So wait, how come you choose to, to record without video? Um, you know, I started using cast first, which is like a an interface. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I should do video. I think I might have to start soon doing video. But I think part of it is just out of pure laziness. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I just like, don't want to bathe all- every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I put on makeup more now than really than uh, back before. Does that make sense? Yes, it no, I guess it does. I don't know. Um, when you say before, you mean Anti-pandy. Anti-pandy. 
Yeah, yes. I was saying. Sorry, I, I wasn't sure what <laughs> yeah, you meant. Was, I but... meant the anti. Okay, sorry. Andy. Thanks. I just use the terminology. Science <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was being more cash about it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm, um, I'm just used to. Yeah, but wait, now in the anti pandy, you also uh-huh. used cast, or is that a pandy thing? No, that's a totally pandy thing. I like would only do a remote interview if it was really timely and the person was like living on an iceberg somewhere <laughs> and they were never going to get off it. So I would, I rarely did remote interviews. I always would show up somewhere with like a little satchel of equipment and, you know, I would meet people at 9 p.m. in a, a hotel conference room in Cincinnati to talk about like coffins or whatever, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which is exactly what I did for the death episode with Colin Perry. But um, I did never met her before. But because I was like in Cincinnati, you live in Cincinnati. Great. So I just but the cool thing is, is now I'm I am talking to more scientists that I I would have said, like, when I get to Tasmania, yeah. we're definitely doing an episode that now I'm just like, great. Um, so it's but yeah, there's good and bad. I'm just so lucky to be able to work from home and be able to work at all. And the only thing about all of this that's really hard is I feel like I I definitely don't want to complain that I'm lucky that I have all these mm-hmm. jobs, but I'm also so tired. <laughs> like I feel like I've been working more during this, even though I've been traveling less. Mm-hmm. And so I just am so disappointed that I haven't really fully rested. Right. Why can't I find and it's not a workload thing. I think it's just my brain is isn't capable. Well, this so. is kind of a, uh, an ongoing problem that you face, oh, completely. right? I think ever since completely. I've known you, you've talked about stuff like this. All right now. Oh, yeah. And also, I know that when I last <laughs> talked about you, you wanted to conquer procrastination. Yes. Have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm trying so hard. I'm getting a little bit better at it um, by starting things earlier, but mm. I'm definitely seeing that my avoidance when something is high stakes is like, just it's so frustrating that it's I know the part of my brain doing it I know that there's this thing there's this amygdala it's saying this is dangerous you're going to start this project it's going to suck and then everyone is going to kill you with sticks and that <laughs> is like well, that's what my Fear. brain is saying right. so you're better off just not failing and then uh and then before you know I do like tier two stuff instead so no that's still open it's still open on my mm. little book my mm. little binder. I don't have my binder with me, Allison. We always Where? talk about my tiny binder. Your tiny binder inspired me to get a tiny binder. Where is your tiny binder? It's in the other room. You want me to get it? Yes, please. Okay, be Okay. Hold on. Sing while I'm gone. Okay. Sing while I'm gone. Actually, while she's gone, I'll give you guys um, a little glimpse of some of the old drops that we have of hers that we, I don't believe, have played on the show, so... Burrito butt, all about butts. Okay. Oh. This is more. This is even more fun. Okay. Okay. Do my boobs look weird? (laughs) Okay. So for anyone who has anxiety induced like procrastination or problems with executive functioning, people with ADHD also maybe go through this where they're like, I time manage. I need to like stay focused on a task, right? I want to show you the three things I've been trying recently that haven't worked. <laughs> oh, oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes, okay. please. Yes. Okay. So number one, my tiny binder still always works. This is still great. I have a calendar up top. I mark which days I actually exercise to incentivize myself. I keep notes of what I do in the day. Mm-hmm. I also have my to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. Tiny binder totally works. Some days I don't stick to everything. 
but it definitely helps. And you have Even, like your goals and stuff like that in there too, right? It's sort it's of like just every day, like this, yeah. this stuff I'm supposed to do. I include the stuff I'm going to do that day. I sometimes will draw little pictures if I want to remember what I did that day. Mm-hmm. And just because I, I like drawing little doodles. Um, and I'll I'll make a little thing that looks like a cloud and I'll write like what kind of mindset I was in. Like, oh, let's hear uh, some mindsets. Oh, my God. Okay, please. Lonely? Question mark. Oh, <laughs> I was like missing friends because I didn't go out on a hike with them. Feeling pretty good. Nice to have a clean house. Um does mom have COVID? Question mark. Stressed. Turns out she didn't. Oh, good. Um, hold on. So I like write things that like either stress me out. Okay, worked a lot. Got sad uh, toward the end because of like parental stuff. My parents were were possibly sick. Um, distracted at certain things. Um, so like just kind of like got up really early and was in a good mood because I got up early and got stuff done. So I just like write things down that way if I'm like. I seem like I've seen like I'm off track, you know, mm. is the um, goal. Yeah. Now is the goal so you can track so you can figure it all out. No, just so during the day I have like a compass because sometimes mm. my brain goes too fast, but doesn't know what direction it's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I need to like look at something that says, what am I doing next? Either way, right. what time is it? What am I doing? And I just to keep me on track. And I also will write down like my medications. I'll write like a little bubble mm. with the medication that way I can fill them in and I remember That's if I'm good. taking them or not. Yeah. Just stuff like that. So this helps a ton. I still have it. I have mm-hmm. different little sections in it that's like notes that I take for different projects I'm working on. Um, and it's cool that it's a binder because I can just clean stuff out. So right. that is my binder. We are going four years strong wow. with the binder system. I, sh- I should be interviewing the binder about you. Oh, it's probably like, this bitch ignores me for a week at a time and then doesn't get anything done. Um, <laughs> No, I love this though. I made I made a new collage on the front. I of love it. That make me happy. Is there is that so is that, that coffee? Yeah, there's like coffee. I took I. <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. I like like cut out all these little pictures from magazines. I love and, it. And I love like, a collage. I love it. There's like a butterfly. There's some pretty pottery. There's like a a cool A frame. There's some weathered wood. Just things that make me happy. Sure. Because I like it's it. good to have something you want to yeah. touch. And then the things that I have attempted. Yes, the failures. <clears throat> this works when I use it. I don't always use it. This is something called a time timer. Mm. And it's a little clock that uh, that you can set. It's it's essentially like an egg timer, but it doesn't tick. And it's not super, super loud. Because mm-hmm. if you've ever tried to do something called a Pomodoro method. Yes. It's where you, have you tried that? <sighs> no, I, I, um, I've thought about it. <laughs> I haven't actually done it. <laughs> haven't actually done it, but I know what it is. It's half the battle. Yeah. It's half the battle. Thinking about but it. Yeah, you work for like 25 minutes and then you're off for five minutes. And right. it just makes you like, it makes you take a break so that you can kind of refresh. Mm-hmm. You don't get burned out. So um, I got this little time timer. And when I use it, it works. Um, a lot of days I forget to use it. Anyway, so that's this little, that's what it sounds like. I also taped some cotton to the back. I was going to say, it feels a little it. loud. Yeah. It's a little loud. Yeah. Um, Works when I use it. Don't always use it. Okay. The other thing I am trying to do to separate my work and home life. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I know what this is going to be. These are two rings that I wear. One of them I wear when I'm working. The other I wear when I'm off work. And so I, I try to like change out a ring. Uh, and then to say, the work day is done. You're now in the pearl zone. I have a little <laughs> tiny pearl ring. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So please, again, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. You can see these rings. Please subscribe while you're there. Which is the work ring? 
Work ring is this uh this a birthstone ring, a citrine, like a big rock citrine I ring. It, it reminds me of like science and mm-hmm. geology and all sorts of stuff. And uh the I have this little tiny seed pearl ring. Yeah. And uh because sometimes when I get under the covers, uh I feel like a little uh pearl and an oyster when you're mm-hmm. like all you know, this like little <laughs> gross thing in a gross environment, but for some reason it's, it feels beautiful. Uh-huh. So the pearl zone is like, all right, it's you're off work. So sometimes work and home is difficult to separate your brain. Your brain is like cooks dinner and then wants to go like write another email. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no dude, it's the pearl zone. Pearl time. Oh, well, well, well. Hi. Is it Sorry. the fiance? Yeah, my coworker just came in. Um. <laughs> now, a lot of people are currently struggling with mm-hmm. how to separate out uh, home life and work life when they're work from home. But yeah. you have been struggling with that for years. Yep. So yep. it's really tough. I mean, it's. I mean, I think that there is something great about. There's also something great about just getting ready for work. Like you wake up. You get your coffee, da da da. You walk your dog. You drive to the office. You ride the metro or whatever. You listen to Alison Rosen, mm, apologies, for example. Um, and then you get to work, and then you get shit done, right? But even when you get to work, it's like, hey man, how you doing? Maybe you get another cup of coffee. I found, and, yeah. Hope no one who ever employed me is listening. But when <laughs> I would be working in an office, I found there were all sorts of ways to waste time and not get anything oh. done. Some of them being like sanctioned by your bosses for example lots of meetings and then some of them just being like i can fuck around on email wherever i am yep pretty much yeah yeah i mean i was talking to um my therapist (laughs) a wonderful therapist and she was saying oh people who when we work in offices like we have maybe four hours of work done a day so yeah to be home and to expect yourself to get eight hours of work done Mm -hmm. and it's also like when you wake up it's weird to wake up and give yourself 15 minutes before you're at your laptop. You would never do that, like, Mm -hmm. unless you slept under your desk at work. So we like, we kind of are missing those rhythms. So for me, it's, it's really hard. And I find that if I work really late into night, I get, it's not necessarily good work. So it's really hard to tell yourself, like, trust me, if you quit working now, you'll get more done in less time tomorrow, you know? Do you ever, like, you get in bed, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I have the wrong ring on. No, (laughs) because I'm so eager to take the work one off Uh that when I do. um, Yeah, maybe for me, it would be like, like, oh, fuck, I forgot to take my bra off, which has never (laughs) in like that. That's never happened. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Really? There are people who sleep in bras. Are you someone who sleeps in a bra? Oh, I do it all the time. Really? Yeah, all the time. But I don't have much up here. I don't either. But I don't know. I fall asleep. I'll be if I if I choose to watch a program and do it in a binging style. I mean, I would, I know it. I just, I would never do that with a bra on unless I was in hanging out with people that are other than in my house. Then I would have a bra. If I was watching TV at someone's house, it took me a while to figure out this, the the (laughs) insane circumstance that would have to transpire for me to watch TV in a bra. I thought you were going to say in a war or something. (laughs) In like a in war, a yeah, combat if, situation. Right. You wouldn't take. I your might bra need to off. pop up. I need to pop up in my foxhole, take <laughs> well, out an enemy, looking- and then return to my episode of Below Deck. And I, I wouldn't want to jiggle. <laughs> I mean, I was wondering that. Like, I have cowboy cousins who slept in their cowboy boots. Like, they'd just be like, "You got to get. You, you never know right. when you want to have get up." You know. So I don't know. All kinds of people sleeping, but yeah, I, I have fallen asleep in a bra so many times, dude. Oh. Well, that's where you and I are different, despite the fact that we're both named Allison. (laughs) 
the only time. The only, only yes. way that we're different. The only, only other way. than that, we are exactly the same. Exactly the same. Um, you mentioned a therapist, and I just wanted to say to everyone, if you're having trouble meeting your goals or difficulty with relationships or trouble sleeping or you're feeling stressed or depressed, BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp offers online professional counselors who can listen and help. You simply fill out a questionnaire to assess your needs, and BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so it's easy and free to change counselors if needed. I love that aspect of it. So you might be thinking, well, I, I'm nervous about starting up. That's actually a very common feeling for people who are starting therapy or restarting. Like, I'm nervous about starting up with a new person. What if this? What if it's not the right fit? You are not committed. You can change as many times as you want. No charge. So you, they will get you to the right person. Um, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. Visit betterhelp, betterhelp.com slash best friend and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. Okay, Allie Ward. So there's so many like official things I want to talk with you about. Yes. My therapist, though, is through BetterHelp. Really? Yes. This is I quite... I love her. The testimonial. I love, I love that. Yeah. Was yeah, it... Yeah, they're an the, advertiser on my show, too. And I was like, well, I've only... Like, I use the products that I advertise, and I've been seeing her for a while. She's awesome. That's She's so great. great. That's great. Yeah. Was she the first one you were matched with, or did it take a few? No, it took one before, and one was, like, very... I think kind of, like, very Texan and maybe... um and we just didn't vibe yeah that happens and it can be like, like just like love like it can be a great person but it just doesn't feel right for you wasn't maybe the right fit and i was like i don't know i don't think i'm getting out of this what i what i maybe need to i have so many friends in texas it's not that i just maybe we weren't super aligned on everything anyway yeah. but yeah but my second one was like bullseye she's uh, awesome. amazing that's yeah. so good to hear um, okay, so a million official things I want to ask you about, and yet what I the thing that is on my mind right now is I know that you were goth. You're a former goth. Yes, yes. You had black hair. Oh yeah, the whole goth getup, whole thing. Were h- how socially goth were you? And I'll tell you where my question is coming mm. from. Okay, I am always shocked when I find out that, and this might reveal things about me but i'm always shocked when i find out that super successful nice warm wonderful people that i know nowadays were like super popular back in high school because in my mind those things are incongruous it's like no the super popular people who were super popular in high school their life goes one way and the rest of us who were who were passed over in high school now's our time so when i find out that like someone like Paul Rust, you know who that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Love him. He was, he was homecom- popular? He was homecoming king. What? Or prom king or something. Thank oh you. God. That's my reaction to Meryl Streep, yeah. prom queen or homecoming no, queen. No, but both of those people are so nice. And then That's Jack, what's weird. our own Jackie Johnson, whose wedding we both virtually attended, oh. um, love her she was like yeah I've just she I, I don't think she was prom king or queen or anything she might have been like senior superlative i'm making stuff up now i don't know but okay. she, she recently said she was like yeah I, i've just always been liked what can i say 
was like, God damn. <laughs> but I, with Jackie, I can see it because for me, I had these big, like, like the the wave of my confidence was incredibly undulating, and I think that's what sure. has an that's what leads to whether you have a good have are like okay socially in school or not. I think a large part of it is like how confident you are. That can be a thing. So the fact that Jackie was just I'm sure she was like every bit as Jackie Johnson from the moment that she exited a womb. I can right. see where honey, yeah, she's like if I'm not if I'm not homecoming queen here, honey. <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you. That's right. Yeah. So I can see where everyone like has, a, she's just had a, a, a fine time. Anyway, how was it for you socially is what I want to know. Because mm. if you were also homecoming queen, I'm going to throw myself somewhere. Uh, no. <laughs> First off. The most O's. Um, I was, okay, uh, in a nutshell, uh, nerds, big virgin, uh, not good skin, uh, no money for things of fanciness, and I worked from the time I was like 15 at a diner. Like, I always had a job Mm -hmm. from before I could drive a car, right? But we lived in this really ritzy town because they had a great school system. So my family, like, rented different houses for as long as we could to stay in the school system. But the people who lived there tended to be quite Beverly Hills. And so remind me, this was Northern California. Yeah. Northern California, like East Bay. Mm -hmm. So like you got a cabriolet on your 16th birthday. Uh, That's what I, that's what I wanted. So, okay. We are so in the same bubble, but I mean, I was not, not up there, but my dream was to have a white cabriolet with a surfboard and a surfer in it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't come I mean, close to that, that was because that's OC, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was we always used to joke that when you're 16, you would get <laughs> a Jeep or a Jetta, depending. Yes. On yes. <laughs> that's like, hella cool. Hella cool. It's like Jetta girls. And so and people wore, uh, you know, like designer clothes and stuff. And I, that just like was not my strata. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my good like goth friends were all kind of like the weird feminist uh, nerdy virgins that were like would go to Goodwill and, and wear like old weird uh, military boots and uh, drive jalopies. And so as a result, like we, I was like very anti-establishment in mm-hmm. high school, so it was like yeah. running like a feminist club and trying to get free tampons for uh, <laughs> all the women in the school because, uh, you know, it wasn't fair that we had to pay for them or there weren't tampon machines, like whatever. And I ended up giving a valedictory speech. Um, you were valedictorian, and they, I was like one of five that were invited to give like a valedictorian. I didn't right. have the best grades, but mm-hmm. I was like. I did pretty well and then they were like um go ahead and talk but um they anyway I ended up giving like a speech about how uh how small our community was and how big the world was and how much everything mattered more than our town which was like not very nice yeah but But, it's true so I was the opposite I was like the antithesis of a homecoming queen where I was the one on stage telling everyone that none of it mattered right I love that that is just so Generation X I fucking love it it was very Janine Garofalo it was very Fiona Apple it was very like wow watch watch this black lipstick watch the (laughs) acid words coming out of between these blackberry lips yeah I love it so yeah I was not popular 
short answer. So now, how do you how do you feel about yourself now? That's a really big question. No, it's a great. It's such a good question. I imagine if people asked each other that more. Ugh, you would get so many answers. It would probably surprise people even who are answering that. I feel more like myself than I think I have in a really long time. Um, I had a really hard time coming down to LA where I I felt like myself in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like combat boots out looking for salamanders and, (laughs) uh, you know, feeling tied into, you know, social justice and... Mm -hmm. um, and coming down to LA, I had a, I struggled with it for a really long time because I just felt like I had to be something that was much more palatable, and I and I didn't feel like myself a lot. I remember, uh, especially doing on camera stuff because I have blue eyes, and I remember thinking uh, people would say, "Oh, you look so good in blue. Your eyes really look good." So anytime I'd have like a meeting, I would wear like a light blue shirt. Mm-hmm. That would be like, "Wow, her eyes!" And I remember just being like at one point being like, "I have so many light blue shirts, and I only wear them when there's like a work thing." I'm like, I don't even like these shirts. <laughs> Who wears these? Like, Goth Alley would never be like, do you like my blouse? Yeah. It felt so desperate. So it took me a long time to fig- to feel like myself in LA. Um, I always feel like myself instantly when I'm out of LA, but just living here. I mm. think, but I think when I started... Um, volunteering at the natural history museum i felt like i like reconnected with who mm-hmm. i i was instead of who i felt like i had to be right and so um so yeah so i think right now i do feel like myself and i like myself more than i have in a long time um especially doing ologies i feel like i can really be myself in it because doing kids tv you can't talk about buttholes as much <laughs> uh, and you can't like make gross jokes but um i feel like ologies listeners like i'm pretty sure that they like me for who i am i hope it must be I'm sure they do. I mean it must be so rewarding to create something that's entirely your own and then to just watch it take off. Like the New York I mean sorry the New Yorker just wrote about you. I know. I don't even read that. I'm not smart enough to read the New Yorker, but I know um. the Rachel Syme <laughs> wrote it and I worked yeah, at page great. 6. Do you know her? Yeah, only from just this. From yeah. yeah, I worked She's at Page great. Six Magazine. Um, I was actually her editor there for a little, a little bit of time. So I knew her back before the New Yorker happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's a she's just a a phenomenal writer, and that was I was so excited oh, so to good. see you in there. Oh my God, I was so yeah, a th- a thrilled. It's so funny too. I'm drinking a um, I'm drinking right now a giant goblet of uh of Lacroix and kombucha. Okay. Um, which so I'm sorry for the Oh this. no, it's okay. <laughs> and Jared just came home and I just saw him from across the kitchen holding up kombucha being like, "Do you want a kombucha?" <laughs> like, "Do you want a kombucha margarita?" And I'm like, "I guess it is dark on a Friday." I was like, "I I suppose." I did some small one might as well. We don't drink very much, but what do you do? Sure. Um, it's Friday night. Does he want to pop his head in? I mean, I am on YouTube. Oh yeah, Jared, you want to come say hi real quick? It's Allison Rose. He won't be able to hear me, but Okay, I'll do. I'll, I'll do okay. one of these. Maybe when he delivers it, I'll okay. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it must. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, it it's it feels it feels really cool to uh, to feel like you can show up as like your your whole self and and to be kind of open about like hey, I always feel like I need to be working. I mean, that's that's a weird thing about like the the as much as I work and as much as my like anxiety about it is just I just don't want to do a bad job. Mm-hmm. Like I just I. I don't want to disappoint anyone. And so I am good at chilling if the project is not something I care about. (laughs) 
<laughs> but if it's something that I really care about, I'm like, man, I don't want to, I, I understand how lucky I am and I don't want to squander that opportunity like right. by getting lazy or something, you know? Who so, yeah. do you think you ultimately like, whose approval are you trying to win? Who are you trying to please? And I myself, I was trying to figure that out for myself today. Like, am I still ultimately is it still my mom and dad that I want Mm. to in wanting the world to acknowledge me like what really is that what about you think it is for you and I'm not I I don't mean to say it has to be something unhealthy like that no no I think for a long time it 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 was and has been my mom and dad I think um you know like we didn't grow up with a ton of money. We were pretty just middle class living in a upper class neighborhood. But, um, you know, I always thought about like how much it cost to raise a kid. And I'm like, damn, we are draining them. They got to feed us. We got to put shoes on us, all that stuff. And so I always really wanted to make sure that they were taken care of, you know, and so, cause they gave so, they, they sacrificed so much. And so I think I've always been like, you have, you have to make enough money to take care of yourself, but also them. And so I think one thing about Ology is it's been great is I wasn't expecting it to be a success, like financially, mm-hmm. th- like it has been. And being able to, you know, tell them I got you is, has been really Sorry, there is ice happening. That's <laughs> okay. In the kitchen. Very rewarding. <laughs> I'm like crying. Um, but no, so I think, but I think that there is something that's maybe not super healthy being like, if I don't provide, if I don't provide, then will will I still be as valuable, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that, and I think it happens too a lot in like family dynamics where maybe one one kid is like, you can be the rebel and then the other one is like, okay, you're the rebel. All right. Uh, my role is going to be like anything you guys need. I'm just mm-hmm. over here being quiet and I don't have any needs. I'm just going to suppress them and wear all black and uh, make speeches at graduation. So you, um, did you have a sibling yeah. who got to be the rebel? I did. Yeah. Yeah. My older sister was like textbook 80s rebel. Like she nailed the dismount on the, on the 80s rebel. Uh-huh. You'll, oh, why thank you, sir. Are you going to come and say hi? Um, he just handed me this. He just handed me this too with nail stickers on. We did our nails the other day. Oh, so yeah. say hi to Allison. Rosen. Hello, hi. hi. This is my fiance. Hold on, wait. Let me use it here. Hello, I don't think I've ever actually met you, but I've heard about you and I've seen your photo. Hello and congratulations. <laughs> Excellent engagement. Wait, let me get some other headphones. Like, get one of these. Get here. Get this one. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Look at that'll this. Work. Oh, yeah, look. Okay, good. Is this cute or what? High tech. Super cute. Look at you guys. It's like you're you're using the love seat of earphones. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, he just brought me. Uh, he just brought me a the six fifteen Friday uh, kombucha rita. It's you the know. best drink. It's the best drink. But yeah, um, we did our we did nail stickers the other day. Oh yeah, I was I was joking that we accidentally did Matrix colors because I was red <laughs> pill and blue pill, and she's all black and green. Yeah, but <laughs> nice. embarrassing. We're passing the pandemic the best we can. But yeah, so far so good. We Jer- don't know when we're gonna get married. Jarrett, yes. what do you think of Allie's ring system, where she has the ring for work and then the pearl ring for when she's off? Um. <laughs> no, I appreciate this. I appreciate it. I think it's very, um, I don't know. It's like very Mr. Rogers in the best possible way. Yeah. You know? Where he like takes off his cardigan and now he's like, or he puts on his cardigan. I don't know. He like takes off a sweater and puts on a sweater. Does he changes yeah, his shoes nice. and yeah. Yeah. You got your work ring and you got your off work ring. Right. I try. I'm you know? trying. I'm trying. I mean, gemstones traditionally are very magical and I think you have to use them like a weird wizard, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm trying. I'm trying. Just it put them on for certain functions. 
Hey, Jared, who do you think I work so hard for? Why do you think I'm why do you think I'm uh, such a whirling dervish? The um, She just asked me this and I'm asking you to answer. Who are you doing it for? Yeah. Um, the little fear demon that lives inside your chest, you know? Well, mine lives right under my lower left rib cage. So okay. maybe I'd look there for <laughs> demons. Oh. Okay. So mine lives like in my me. lower belly, I'd say. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think every, I, I genuinely think if you think about it, I've just always very been very sure it's like right where my, basically my opposite of my liver, you know? Like that weird, I've just been very sure of it. That's where like all my. Is that where someone took a rib from you? To, to make a lady, isn't that? Isn't well, oh yeah, getting very biblical. Yeah. But if it's on that side, then maybe <laughs> it explains a lot. Literary in literary sense. Um, yeah. No, I don't know, but I think that uh, you do. You can kind of physically locate where your fear lives. You know, it's in a chakra where your self hatred lives. Well, I mean, your body stores trauma in weird ways. Sure. Like Perhaps. just like all of ours or Allie's specifically. Everybody's. I mean, everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> your nervous system remembers. Bad experiences. I mean, the, the the most interesting example of that that's like very pragmatic to me is like all day long we sit at computers and you put yourself into a fighting posture without thinking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Your your shoulders roll forward. Your chin is tucked to your chest. You're in this very defensive, uh, tense posture yeah. that your body for thousands of years understood as meaning I need to protect my jugular. I need to protect my brain. I need to survive the fight I'm about to be in. And so you live like curled up like that all day. And then we wonder like why we're so stressed and why we have so much pain and why we can't release tension. And I really think like the whole thing they used to tell you were like, hey, if you're in a bad mood, just smile and like neurons will fire that make you start feeling actually happier. And it kind of works. Like I just think your body remembers these postures that you stash it in. And it, and it only has like thousands and hundreds of thousands of genetic memories to like draw from like how I should feel in this moment. And then we get confused as to why, why like we feel certain ways. But your body's just like, on its own autopilot thing. My point is that fear and trauma is stored physically, is yeah. what I'm saying. I think so you're stretch. right. I also go to the bathroom in that position, in my computer position. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, that, it's the same position. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, though, that that like makes sense. You'd want to be as defense, defended as possible. Right. Have you ever seen, like, do your dog come try to watch you go to the bathroom? Yes. Actually, okay. you know, I feel like she's not in, she, she wants to be in there with me, but she's not, right. like, staring into my soul or anything. She's over it. Yeah, no, no. The, exactly. I don't think it's about staring into your soul. I heard someone, I read once, it sounds like such dog mythology, but I choose to believe it, is that the way you watch your dog when they poo is like a pack animal being like, I got your back. Yes, you, I've heard that. You're safe to poo. And that like, that's why they want to come watch you poo so that they, so that you know you're safe. So they'll if, be like, I got you. Don't worry about it. If that's the case. You do this case, for me all day long? I'm here. I need to have a word with my dog Wendy because she comes in and like instantly lays down and goes to sleep. She because I she she'll give me eye contact when she's going to the bathroom. Like you're saying, I read that too. Like they're kind of like, are you keeping a lookout for me? Yeah. But yeah. she is like, bitch, you're on your own. I'm just gonna be in this room. Does Grammy? Yeah, I feel like they're like, I'm doing. They kind of phoning it in. They get yeah. used to it, you know. Yeah. Anyway, what does Grammy do when you guys go to the bathroom? Uh, she comes in, yeah. but she uh, if we let her. She if I'm peeing with the bathroom door open, which who doesn't? She will wait until she sees pants drop before she crosses the threshold like a vampire because <laughs> she knows that if she's in the bathroom, that's where the bathtub is. But if you're sitting, she's not getting a bath. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, she doesn't smart. trust your motives until she sees you take a seat. Right. She's and she's really smart. And then in other ways, she's very dopey. But yeah. Today I wipe. I today I had to wipe her little 
her little anus. Today. Doesn't that feel like a breakdown in the system when that happens? I, yes. That and when I have to like yes. remove dogs' eye boogers. Like, I said boogers well, in a really weird way. I said like boogers. Eye boogers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's just our fault. We programmed them so poorly. Mm. Like, we had, so? Grammy, Grammy had to get some teeth out. Yeah. And it's because poodle teeth are too big to be in a little tiny mouth. And they're like, little dogs have a lot of crowding. Or like pugs, they can't breathe correctly. Yeah, we've, like, we've, we've literally right. bred them. In these, so I feel like that's not all their fault. And it's know. like, well, part of it's that, that's also kind of like, I always think that's like very beautiful. Like, you know, you know, people are like, uh, some people like will eat a lot of meat, but then the idea of like eating a dog or a horse is like horrible. Sure. Yeah. And that's most, most people, people who eat, yeah. eat meat. Yeah, most people, most people, right. Most people. But then I feel like people who are will be like, well, why don't you eat your dog? Or why don't you know if they're like vegetarian, trying to argue vegetarian. Mm. And I'm always like, what do you mean? What? They're, they're completely, it's a species we wouldn't exist without them and vice versa. Right. Like we've been teammates for hundreds of thousands of years. No, we wouldn't. Cave people domesticating yeah, dogs pigs? and then horses. But pigs have yeah, been but, domesticated. But, but we didn't know. breed them to be peers. We bred them to be food. Whereas okay. like we bred dogs and horses to be teammates. It is interesting because they say that like, do- you know, dogs and humans evolved together. I never right. thought of it that way. But there are cultures where they eat dogs. So no, to them, I know. I and say, I, I what are you doing? It. What's up? Yeah. And they don't eat cows, by the way. Right. Thank, thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. What? For, uh, I was telling Allison, thank you for joining us. And uh, Ali and Jarrett discuss ethics of. <laughs> well, no, I'm so, I know. Sorry. I'm just being I'm just being insane. I'm just being who I am all the time. But I'm just I'm not even arguing that it's right or wrong. I'm just right. saying when people are like tried to do this disingenuous argument of like, well, why aren't they in the same category as every other animal right. too? I'm like, what do you mean? They serve a completely different job. We wouldn't live in the same way we've messed them up. Like they wouldn't have noses and teeth like that. Sure, sure. Wait, I have they, just... They've also changed our course of history. One know? more question for Jarrett. Mm. Was it difficult to keep the engagement a secret? Uh, From Allie. In a, it depends on what sense you mean. It, was it difficult to keep a secret, like in terms of operational security? Yes. Like, <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? mean? Like secrets, like get, like there being a leak somewhere in the line, and somebody. <laughs> yeah, like well, I mom, mean, you you uh, designed a whole ring and planned a whole right. thing, and she didn't know about it. That, yes. So I, you know what's funny about it is usually that's really hard for me to be like to keep it. Like if I get someone a gift or make them a gift, I really want to just go give it to oh, them yeah. right away. But for some reason with this one, I think because it was so project intensive, it was so like iterations and it just, I don't know, it just felt like the secret project that was going to take a while to finish. Mm-hmm. And I think it it all just like, I got so in project, like hyper-focused project mode that I didn't even think about being stressed or afraid until like we were on the way to the spot. I just like kind of like made the plan in my head. I was like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And then as we were going there, I started to be like, oh my God. Oh my god, this is crazy. This is so real. What if she says no? Oh my god, what's gonna happen? Oh my god. You know, it just became and I was acting so weird in the car ride. Yeah, you're acting really weird. Like how? And so I think I just like hyper focused on the project and the plan and it didn't become like weird emotional in my guts, like, don't tell her, oh my gosh, look at that. It just was like, no, no, this is the plan. There yeah, dates and numbers. And then I was like, Oh my god, it's the day. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know, it was I think I just intellectualize sometimes emotions like that when they're too big. You know what I mean? I loved how afterward I was like, God, I guess we got to figure out when we're going to get married. And you're like, ah, oh, I forgot there's like a wedding too. 
<laughs> I was just like, Ugh. I was just focused on like making the ritual magic bond of giving you a gem and binding our souls for all eternity. That part sounded cool. The whole part about like, oh gosh, we're gonna have to like plan like this, send our invitations and stuff. That's so uh, annoying. You know? I know. We were just looking at like a, a list of like, okay, what would a small wedding look like? Um, and we're like, okay, a small one with just like literal, just family members, immediate family members would be like twenty five or. 30 anyway so oh, that's what we did it was yeah. 28 people but i mean that would be very so, tiny just family i was just saying co- Ellie, two friends i guess what i feel like is weird is like i would think that for a big party that's very important to me i would hate for it to be more restrictive than like a barbecue where i would just see somebody at the store and be like hey come to the barbecue like i'd want well, them to like come to the party so you know what i, I mean? I will say we do wish that we had had a bigger wedding Really? See, you turned pulled away to hear that. No, I, my leg was asleep. <laughs> she wishes that she wishes they had a bigger wedding. We yeah. do wish. Okay. We had, yeah, we. I fell. We fell in love with a venue that was just outside of our price range, and we were like, we've. I, I was like, I've got to find a way to make it work, and <clears throat> and then I also started getting honestly like. I don't mind. I don't mind sharing this. My dress was sleeveless. I don't normally wear sleeveless things. I'm not I'm not confident about my arms, even though like I was skinny then, but I didn't think I was. And all of a sudden on the like in the planning process, I all of a sudden was like, I don't want to wear this dress in front of Adam Carolla. Like it just began to feel (laughs) I began to feel so like vulnerable and I started getting nervous about having a big wedding and I'm like, you know what? This is like, it's the answer to everything is just, that's how we do our, we just make it just family. And, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we, there's a lot of people where I'm like, Oh, I can't believe they weren't at our wedding, you know, because they weren't invited. But that's like, that's kind of where I'm like, I, I, for the actual ritual, like whatever, you know, thing that sounds nice to just have close family, but it just was like, I think Ali and I both have anxiety and we were talking about it. And I was like, the thought that I would be at my wedding and be more worried about like, oh, so-and-so, this random person I just thought of who's my friend, who's who's always thought we were really good friends, is not going to be like, oh, I guess I'm not a wedding friend, though. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I just was thinking about that, like where I'm going to draw the line. And it gave me so much ex- – I just like hate that notion. You know what I mean? Right. I was, an alien, I was like, we both have a lot of friends that I think we have really meaningful connections with. And for me, at least, some of my closest friendships are ones where it's like – I don't see them for a really long time. And then we just pick up where we left yeah. off. I think it comes from like having like, you know, chaotic family life. You're just like, I love you. And I don't know when I'll see you again. And when I do, I do. And I'm like, what about all those people? Just because I don't talk to them every day. I'd like them to be for this big event. So I think that's like, you know, you could we're just, do, just in the midst of discussing this. You could do s- small, meaningful ceremony, big celebration. Okay, here's You should pitch your dish. thing. I'm going to get dish. off because I okay. feel like I'm just like <laughs> rolled in here and this is insane. And please explain the idea. Okay, okay. bye. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Oh, of course. Sorry. That was, yeah. Just, look, I just did some acupuncture. I'm feeling really... Oh, <laughs> I just got back from acupuncture. We uh, have this amazing acupuncturist who uh, does it outside. Oh, nice. Double masked. And she uh, changes out scrubs every time. And so oh, it's good. like the safest way to do it. And she is a needle witch. She is amazing. So yeah, he just got back from acupuncture. My nice. fiance just got back I from know. acupuncture. I know. I had never met him. I'd only knew of I him. Know. Yeah, he's um, he's a goober. He's the best. He <laughs> makes nothing boring. Everything is interesting yeah. all the time. So he's great. He has opinions on on, he has opinions and curiosities about pretty much everything. So that's great. 
yeah, he's he's very smart and super funny and he incredibly incredibly goofy. He's a big doof. Um, he can yeah, hear uh, you, right? Probably. Can he? He's in the other room. Probably he usually, we usually wear noise canceling headphones yeah. a lot. So there's a lot of, um, no, 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 no. What? what? So, <sighs> you know, maybe we'll just have to save that. So you came on my show for a Patreon mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, and where you really spilled the beans. I spilled some beans. Some maybe. very personal beans. beans. Some be- beans that occurred in a forest. Oh, yeah. Some a, yeah. Some very personal beans. <laughs> 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 so patreon.com slash Allison Rosen if you want to hear Allie Ward's yep. extremely personal beans but yep. I I, I want to know and I, I think I asked you this last time but I'm always wanting to know but you can't answer now probably I, I wanted to know like how did he transform from the bad boyfriend to the gent you're going to marry maybe we should just save that for Patreon I mean in a nutshell, an ADHD diagnosis. <laughs> like he just was like, yeah. I mean, that's to the. I mean, I have anxiety. I take medication for it. It mm-hmm. helps a lot. Um, he did not know he had ADHD until like thirty-two, and so all of these things that were um, things that I kind of perceived as as character flaws or that mm-hmm. were hurtful, um, just seeming like you know maybe he doesn't. Yeah, like people with ADHD can talk a mile a minute and forget to ask you how your day was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you're a dick. And then it turns <laughs> out like, oh no, that's just like that's an ADHD thing. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of getting to getting to see who he is and how much that's a part of like these amazing like firework brain, like brain goes a thousand miles a minute, can be super interested in things, um, you know, all of that. But understanding some of the things that would hurt my feelings that were like not intentional. Or the, another thing about ADHD is like super reactive to um, to like rejection at all. And so, mm. you know, before we knew that if, you know, you didn't want to hang out, he would get so sad or get so like, what did I do wrong? What did I do? Right. You know, just drama that doesn't happen anymore. So, and also when I met him, he was 25 and yeah. he had one girlfriend in his whole life. And I was like, with this, just you know this huge age gap and i was like go be uh, like go sow some oats and like live some life you know mm. um because you called just... him a green banana and it hurt his feelings yeah yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> some rejection sensitivity <laughs> with that and uh yeah um you asked me a question right before that and i already can't remember what the question was, what was right it? before he came in no no no, no. right before Right before I answered that one, was it about wedding stuff? Well, I think you no, were. He he had said to you, "Tell me your your wedding idea." Oh yes. Okay. Do you want to hear my pitch? Yes, please. Here's the deal. So you have like a you have a small wedding, right? With like fa- like family, a couple close friends, right? Mm-hmm. But not everybody has to get you a gift because when you go to a lot of weddings, it's a lot of it's a lot of gifts, right? Right. And uh, you have like a small one that's like meaningful, but you do kind of a documentary about it and so have you ever gone to someone's wedding you're like i don't i don't know them well enough to know like how did they meet did they ever break up like Mm -hmm. i don't know their story yeah i don't really know their story and a lot of times at weddings you like their second cousin reads first corinthians but like you don't even really hear the bride and groom speak right and like the college roommate does a really great speech but like you don't hear a lot about the actual people getting married right it's it's almost like a funeral i know (laughs) 
wanted I wanted a funeral. It's my funeral. I don't even get to talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I was talking about me. Yeah. Sucks. It's a pre. You need a pre-recorded funeral. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here's why I was awesome. Um, <laughs> no, but like so with a wedding, like you have a small one, you do kind of a documentary style. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn more about them. You learn more about like what what the relationship is like, right? And then afterward, you do like a screening. Ooh. It's the first time you're seeing it all put together, uh-huh. and you invite like everyone you want to. You watch like a an hour long. Like this is what the wedding looked like. This is like their backstory. Here's some old photos. Da, da, yeah. da. Now we party. Uh, huge. It's a huge party, but the actual like ceremony right. thing was like more private you know and then that's like the reception i kind of like that i feel like you just can i give you a note absolutely (laughs) i feel like make it shorter than an hour okay yeah so like three hours a three hour six half hour mini series no no shorter Got it. The so shorter. seven and a half hour <laughs> no, 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 no. Eight one hour oh, no. series. Okay. This is like like anti. Does it mean before or after? No, I'm saying go <laughs> shorter. Go shorter. <laughs> Just because Smaller. once everyone's gathered, they're going to want to be social. I mean, right. unless it's truly like in a screening room or something. Right. I think this is a good right. idea. It's really like hard. It's really um, hard. Like choosing this stuff is really hard because we had like a tiny very meaningful special wedding but it didn't feel we didn't have like a dj and dancing and it didn't feel celebratory we actually we Mm. only had like a tiny amount of dancing like there wasn't like okay come out on the dance floor you know Mm -hmm. um and that's what so those are all the things that I feel like, oh, it would have been fun to have like just like that feeling of like a big celebration. Like that's what right. we had the meaningfulness, but not the big celebration. Woohoo kind of aspect. Yeah. Of it. So that's I why I know. feel like you kind of got to do both. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but in the people who come to the screening are not obligated to buy you an expensive gift if they do not want to. You know what I mean? Like that's I like, like a, don't idea. worry about it. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes it's like the we- weddings are like, oh, this is going to be a $60,000 party. I better recoup my cost and you right. know, register at Tiffany or something. But I don't know. I, I realized too when I came on your, sh- on your Thursday show to tell you this story, I was like, I'm so used to typically being very like self-deprecating mm-hmm. that I f- realized I found it difficult to tell an engagement story in a, it, it wasn't self-deprecating because even when it comes to like getting nominated for an award or getting something or, or booking a show, like I, I can find a way to make myself like the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. But when you get engaged, you can't really, no. <laughs> you can't really do that because it's not just your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get, I, I didn't realize that I was like uncomfortable being like, mm, I'm just so lucky and just right. like, nah, 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 nah. I'm just like never felt happier because I think it's like not my vibe. So yeah, I realized I didn't really know how to tell that story. I, yes, you made a comment about that, but I thought you told it fine, but I know what okay. you mean. Yeah, I thought it, it made sense and it was funny, um, but yes, I know what you mean. Okay, now going back to what we were talking about before about yeah. you feeling like you didn't quite fit in when you moved into LA. Yeah. When you moved to LA, what was your hair, the, the important part, what was your hair color at that point? Allison. This is why you're a world-class interviewer, (laughs) literally. Right before I moved to LA, I stripped it from black to my natural brown color. Now, did you just have a sense that LA wasn't going to take to your black hair? 
Yeah, I remember I was dating my high school boyfriend still at the time and his mom, Mary. Mary Fahey was so sweet. And um, I, the Fahey's are great. And she was like, you know, you're going to move to, I think, I think it was about right before I moved, moved to LA, I think. Um, and she was like, you know, if you've ever thought about getting your hair back to your natural color, and she was like, I'd love to treat you. And because uh, I think she thought it would be more helpful for me. And I'm sure that it was. Um, but it was such a, I was like, I felt like uh, if you had like a goth badge, mm-hmm. it's like turning in your goth badge. Yeah, <laughs> like totally. The bureau and being like, all right, it's been a good run. And <laughs> so and so like we're having natural brown hair and then wearing like light blue a lot was such a stark difference. Right. <laughs> For me wearing like black wool in the summer with like, you know, blue black hair. But I started dyeing it uh I dyed it black again, like in my late 20s for a little bit. And then I got it stripped again and it turned bright red Mm. in between. And he was like, don't worry, we'll get it back to brown. I was like, no, let's leave it. So I think red was like a good, a good, uh, don't worry, it's not my natural hair color. Right. It wasn't as harsh as black. Right. Interesting. (laughs) Maybe maybe my black hair is holding me back. No. I mean, I think like, I think whatever feels authentic is the best. You know what I mean? Well, my black hair is authentic, but I mean, I do have this thought of like, am I going to have the exact same hair color for my entire life? Like you you only have one life. I mean, depending on what you believe, but you only have one life. Why not like see what it's like being blonde, see what it's like being this, being that. But all of it seems like work and I'm just like a very lazy person. It is a lot of work, but it's also fun to, it's also fun to experiment and to say, this is my body and it's my yes. hair. I'm going to give myself a skunk. I'm going to give myself a purple skunk if I want to. Right. You know what I mean? I I'm am. Shave I know. one side, you know, whatever. Cut bangs. Text your crush. You're going to die. <laughs> Might as well. That's my advice. Would you like to hear some drops that we, they, so so my former producer who was who loved to collect drops uh, had a folder of unused drops and there's some Allie Ward unused drops in there. Oh, my would God. you like to hear them? Yes. Okay, here we go. Retrospective. All about butts. So I think you I did. I did. I play these ones already on the show or just for you. I think all about butts. I have heard before. Okay, Burrito butt. Oh, here's yes. another burrito butt. No, it's the same one. I think it's the same one. The burrito butt. Burrito butt. I love life. a burrito butt. Do my boobs it's look a... weird? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's see. Oh. Saraha. Were you talking Saraha. about like Saraha. sriracha? Saraha. I don't know. Oh, wow. It sounds like a place I'd like to vacation, though. <laughs> we got an um, Airbnb in Saraha. This might be us. This might be talking about the kind of weather that I hate. Sunny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is. What? And then what? Hey, mom, where where's the gorilla going to live? Oh, yes. That's what, what you're that? home buying. That's when you're home buying and you don't want to live someplace and you're on a, oh, yeah. uh, you're on an open house and you start asking your mom about like exotic pets and which room they get to inhabit. You know what? Maybe these weren't, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm wrong. These were not unused. These were oh. the Alley Ward drops because I remember this one. Ooh, Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they're oh, also, 
are some unused ones, and those were aired again. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Jeff came on and played all the unused drops. Hmm. I think those are there. Or maybe it was just my unused drops. I don't know. Who knows? My gosh. We're 11 months into a pandy. What can I say? I know. What can I say? Ugh. So can I tell you? Yeah. Oh, wait. What were you going to ask? Well, I wanted to know about the Michelle Obama show, but I wanted to know what you were going to say. Oh, um, it's called Waffles and Mochi. It comes out on March 16th, and it's a kid's show about food. And uh, it's so interesting. I got to consult on it uh, in 2019. I got to consult on like the science of it and explain to the writer's room like how taste buds work and all kinds of stuff. That's so and, cool. Uh, Did they just reach out to you like we need a science person? Yeah. You know what? I think it was through Jeremy Connor who did Drunk History. Oh, yeah. I was like, I, you know what happened is I saw him in Gelson's. Oh, what's up, dude? Wait, is it the, was it the Silver Lake Gelson's? Of course it was. Of course it was. Yeah. And you know what I was buying that day? Not the Silver Lake Gelson's. What am I saying? The Hyperion. The one, is it the one that's by UCB? No, no, no. Oh. Not the Franklin. Okay. It was the, uh, it was the Hyperion one that used to be. Well, Disney Studio. I don't think I know Way this back one. Back in the day, I need to take it's my um, right on Hyperion. There, yeah. I just I ran into him. We started talking about. Uh, I think we started talking about gluten intolerance or something mm-hmm. in an aisle, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm glad I ran into you because there's this show that I'm working on." So who knows? You know what I mean? My, what's the moral is go to Gelson's. Go to Gelson's. That is where meetings happen. Wow, that is that's where so cool. lives are made, deals are made. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I and I haven't even been. I can't even tell you the last time I went there. I haven't. So, I don't know. I haven't been grocery shopping for the entire pandemic. And anyone who follows me knows, every time I go to the grocery store, I fall in love with my husband again. It's like the only activity we do back that we did we would do, and I would always find myself hugging him in the frozen food aisle. And I was just like, "What? I'm like feel I'm feeling so in love with you right now." Only when we're looking at frozen dinners, I don't know what it was, but uh, I wonder why. You must have like an oxytocin release when when you're, I see like, lean cuisine resource gathering or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I think so, and also I think it's a little bit cold over there, and. It, <laughs> but i haven't been there in so long anyway are you on yeah. air on waffles and mochi no 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 just no i was scenes. a science consultant behind the scenes so i just that got to bring all my books in and stuff so yes. cool and now it was, it's it's been fun you tweet no you posted about it on instagram yeah and then it disappeared really fast like before yep. i even had a chance to congratulate you what happened yep. oh um i prematurely posted about it <laughs> they were like so nice they reached out and they're like hey you know we're not really announcing everyone that has worked on it so um just i think they just announced the showrunners um so if you just and i was like so sorry so very embarrassed it would be like if you just like walked right up to the queen and accidentally kissed her on the mouth and they're like can you not and you're like i'm so sorry so sorry just got excited i was excited i will do that never again so i uh yeah that i learned that way but um but yeah, but then I'm working on this. I'm consulting on this other show called the Ada Twist Scientist. And that actually, they actually named me in the trades so I can, oh, I can very post cool. about it all I want. That's so, um, so, cool. so that's great. Yeah. That's so I've so been, I've been loving doing that. I'm just, it's really cool to have writers have like scientific problems to solve in a plot and be like, oh, okay, I got to fix for that. If you make this thing and this thing, mm-hmm. you can use this and then it helps them solve their problems. So I, yeah, it's been fun. What did you major in? Biology and film, so both. 
Um, and so I was like, couldn't decide. I was waffling and mochiing. And, uh, and I was like, I don't know. But um, so I ended up graduating with film, but I had had like a background in biology. So, mm-hmm. but I just like, I love, I always was reading science books and stuff and then doing ologies because it's like 180 episodes or something with different, these different really small topics. I ended up doing all these deep dives and all these different ologies where now if I'm consulting on something, it's like, oh, okay, I know an animal that does this thing. So it's ended up with like, have this like Cliff Clavin, horrible, like bowl (laughs) of facts that I can draw from. Right. (laughs) Is there anything, this is going to be a broad question. Is there anything that you were totally wrong about? And then you did an ologies and, and it's like, oh, like you used to believe this, but now you know, it's this or Oh, a ton, I'm sure a ton of things. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've picked up a lot. Actually, picking up a lot about anxiety was, was really helpful. Uh, I did this episode called Fearology, and uh, this woman, Mary Poffinroth. Oh, I like a lot that of, name. Uh, isn't it the best name? Like Mary Poffins. Mary Poffinroth. She's not British, but she has oh, a very sh- British name. I really wish she was. I know. I know. She could fake it. Yeah. I'll let her know. Let her know. Um, She's great though, but she explained like how all anxiety is fear and uh, there are factual fears and fictitious fears. And if essentially I made a flow chart that was like, can this thing kill you? If Mm. yes, run. And if no, chill. So there are, you know, uh, factual fears. And then the fictitious fears are usually about being out of control or being not enough. So Mm. if you have anxiety, Ask yourself, okay, this is, tell yourself this is fear. What am I afraid of? Is it a fictitious fear, like something that could happen? Or is it something right now that's threatening your actual life? Like most of the time it's fictitious. And then ask yourself, is this me being afraid of being out of control or me being afraid of not good, not being good enough? And like breaking down your fears, that helps in conflict resolution so much. There's so many times when people want to fight each other because they feel not good enough. Um, and instead of having to say, like, I don't feel good enough right now, it's like, fuck you for maybe thinking I'm not good enough when really yeah. the fear is inside you. So um, I, I just yeah. wrote down out of control, not good enough. So I know. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if there's anything, whether it's like making a presentation for work or, or getting on a dating app or whatever, a lot of the things that give us anxiety are just, uh, are those ways that we're trying to insulate ourselves. Uh, my procrastination, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, so yeah, so that was really helpful. That was something that I just was like, uh, yeah, I should have paid her. <laughs> Do you um get depressed? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Do you lean more towards anxiety versus depression? Yeah, for sure. And I'd explain this to Jared at one point. I was like, he was like, it would be so good if you just got a hobby that you didn't monetize, just something you did for fun's sake. Cause like I turn a lot of my hobbies into jobs. And I was like, it's not that I don't want to go Hello? whittle on the porch. Whittling. I am whittling, right? <laughs> I want to whittle on the porch. I want to do that more, even yeah. though I cut myself so bad the first time I passed oh, out. But I still want to do it. I got safety gloves. I'm all good. Like, I want to sit and do like a paint by number. Like, I want to yeah. do, and it's not that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, in depression, I think you lose a lot of your zeal and your interest yeah. in things. For me, I want to do those things just as much, but I just feel anxious that I didn't earn it. Or that mm. I should be doing something else. And so, um, but I do get depressed. I mean, I do definitely feel like ugh, I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Or maybe what if, you know, 
what if people don't like me or I got to get up and do another day. But I tend to lead, lean more toward anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I am like, I started taking Effexor, which is an SNRI maybe like two years ago. And it's helped so much with just the, like the spikes of anxiety. Right. You know? It's right. still there. You still got to do the work. You and- are enough, Allie. You're enough. <laughs> well, thank you. You're in control. You're someone whose success I feel so happy about. It's oh. so, it's so, it's like, oh, the, you know, it's one of those, it's affirming about the world because it's like, oh, <laughs> someone who's like really talented, doing her own very unique thing. And people are reacting in this really, wonderful way to it it's just you know it's so deserved and and so um it's so nice it's so fun to 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 know you and to and to watch it happen oh thank you i feel very happy for you it really is i i just really want to do the work justice you know like i i don't want to disappoint anyone i want i want to do it as well as i can and and leave whatever behind i can that does some good Hopefully, while still being myself, and now I feel, and I feel like you are, you're doing that though. But now, a petty question. Yeah, I am always curious about the annoying DMs that people <laughs> in the public eye get. Uh-huh. Um, and hearing other people write about them makes me go like, oh, this handful of comments that I received about this or that. Like it's, that's not unique. It's not really unique to me. Like those comments are of a type, like don't mm, say this yeah. or don't do this or blah, 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 blah. Do, but like, do you get them? I do sometimes. Like I'll, I'll get like a podcast review that says, uh, I say like too much or, mm, yeah. um, which is just so Californian pretty much. Right. We can't help it. We, it's, it's, He's lucky you don't drive a cabriolet. So lucky so lucky i don't have a surfboard <laughs> and my jada like so much i want one um but yeah i get i get those kinds of things um one guy once on twitter told me i move my hands too much when i talk during my segments on camera oh wow and i look like i have parkinson's and i was like oh this is offensive to so many people yeah. on so many levels yeah um yeah that guy was a turd i was like you look like a turd. Um, I've gotten that before. What other kinds of things do people tell me I should do? Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at ignoring them. But sometimes if someone leaves something shitty, a comment, I'm like, you're erased, dude. I won't let your shitty com- I feel like some people are right. like, I have to, I can't erase any bad comments. I have to let the the record reflect. Mm-hmm. And like, number one, this is, your Instagram page is not a court document. If someone says something shitty about you or about your beliefs or something they did not earn your following Mm-mm. so why give them the platform like yeah they don't, I, it's your platform i recently changed my mind about it um yeah, i how also do you feel? <clears throat> now i feel like yeah fuck it delete it who cares they don't before i i would if it was something really atrocious i would delete it but like for, I, I always felt a little shady deleting something or guilty yeah. or something i but totally then, get that this comedian and like mommy blogger and cookbook author sarah buckley posted something that's like don't delete comments get the fuck out i don't even let my husband talk to me that way and he pays most of my bills and makes me come 
<laughs> and then I thought about it. Yeah, like you don't have like, to this let isn't people your house talk you. to you that. And we wouldn't let anyone talk to us that way. So why am I going to let someone talk to me that way in the comment section? Yeah, yeah. So. This is like whatever platform you earned with as many eyeballs or whatever. Or if you're an influencer, maybe you bought your platform. Either way, like <laughs> this person doesn't have the platform to share they want to say that on their own platform great but that's like coming into your house where you are having a party and getting on where you're not invited and getting on a bullhorn so yeah yeah, i just think that i think that if someone said you know and i think the place where i found this the most is is i did this vaccine infodemiology episode in the beginning of january with this really great vaccine infodemiologist um and she uh, it was a great episode. It was all about um, vaccine technology, and, you know, the epidemic. And a few people just strolled up into my comments to to mention their own distrust of, um, of vaccines, which is fine, but saying things to me about um, how kind of like how dare I give a pro vaccine platform. And I'm just like, um, just leaving this comment oh, here yeah. is like, is adding to the distrust like it's giving a very small minority a really big platform right. that they didn't earn or deserve right. and also i don't like to see my followers get nasty like sometimes mm-hmm. my followers if someone said something shitty to me sometimes like 10 followers will be like you know right. like, your mom's a donkey or whatever and i'm like <laughs> nobody needs to we're good here you know what i mean yeah. just like let's wipe the like let's kick the guy out of the bar instead mm-hmm. of having every single patron in the bar kick this person's ass right like, just get them out of the bar. Right, know? right, right. <laughs> so I'm like 86. Um, but it, it, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. But when it does, I'm just like, you didn't earn this. Get out. Yeah. Uh, but know. also, so I, I feel like that. the anti-vax people, and I can be more strident about this. I feel like they're trolls, basically. I have, you know, I have different opinions on it. Like, even the term anti-vax has now become, um, you know, a little inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Vaccine hesitant is a way to refer to it. And I mean, I look back on it the same way that we just looked at fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think that a fear of a medical technology is understandable and justifiable. Maybe you got your information from different um, sources. Maybe it's a loss of fear of control of your own body. Maybe it's, um, you know, I have a feeling people who with vaccine hesitancy aren't like, I'm afraid that I'm not good enough. But it's a fear <laughs> for your life. This right. thing might kill me. Yeah. Or it's not my choice to make. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah, think, yeah. you know, it's bad information, but it's a really vocal and sometimes really caustic. I know, remember but- some years ago trying to put myself in their shoes and I did understand it. You know, someone who won't vaccinate their kids, even though I feel like you're endangering your children, they think they are making the right decision for their children. They're afraid of letting the man, you know, put in, put some substance that they distrust into their body. Like that does make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So, and they're afraid. Like I do have compassion. You know, for me, it's like yeah. the people who are super conspiracy theorists and like crazy, I, you know, that's actually not fair. Um, there are some I have less compassion for the super like the the Q people. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, if it's just someone who is afraid of a vaccine, I mean, I do have compassion for I I don't know how to reach those people, though. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, um, and being like a science communicator in an era where science was very distrusted. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I went on Bill Nye's podcast. He started a podcast and they asked me to be the first guest. And I had diarrhea. I was so <laughs> nervous. And the worst part is, is it was in New York. And I woke up late that day. Mm-hmm. And I barely made it on time. I was like 10 minutes late. Maybe I just like slept through my alarm. So I was like, wait, was it on. remote or you went there? No, this was pre this was anti pandy. Oh, <laughs> Thank you very much. and I had to be at like the serious studios or the Got Stitcher it. studios. And I was just like, fuck. So I like was nervous on so many levels but he was talking about like flat earthers and climate deniers like how do you get through to them and it was just like i i feel like fear is behind most of it mm-hmm. yeah but um and trying to just like have compassion for what they're afraid of and hopefully like use facts and like i definitely get where you're coming from da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and i mean the, the biggest thing about vaccine hesitancy um you know, that we've seen like in moms, uh, you know, in the last maybe decade or, or two decades is just came from one particularly bad study from a completely super corrupt gastroenterologist who, mm-hmm. um, who used a really small sample size. And then this guy's name was Andrew Wakefield and, and it got retracted, you know, but that, that lingers on mm-hmm. as like a memory in a lot of people. So it's just bad information and then, you know, double downing on it. But I have friends who are medical doctors who are giving the, ma- the vaccine to people in New York because it's, you know, like ground zero for this in last year and get horrible comments on their, on their Instagrams or get attacked by people with flyers as they're going right. into the, they're well, like, I'm going into the COVID ward at like yeah. a New York City hospital. So it's really tough. I just think that like, I don't know. I I think I may be a little bit too compassionate with people. Like I got mugged at knife point. I remember being like, shit, well, I memorized their license plate. I hate to turn these kids in, but <laughs> that was not right. <laughs> you know, I remember yeah. being like, shit, it's really going to ruin their lives if I tell the cops that they just came at me with a knife and stole my property and took my purse you know so i don't know i think i'm probably a little bit too forgiving yeah (laughs) i don't know i try to find i like try to find reasons for um, you know but maybe that's maybe that's because i'm so hard on myself i'm Mm -hmm. kind of like well everyone's just a little scrambled but i mean i think that if you can just uh, understand that most I feel like most people have like tiny babies in them that are constantly mm-hmm. hurt. So if you approach people like, yes. we're all tiny babies, we're all really scared, so scary true. time, you know, it's so true, helpful. And I don't know, maybe that's why I don't get a lot of haters. Maybe I'm just too nice. <laughs> like I'm too like, if someone disagrees with me online, like that's the thing is like, I'll sometimes get, get people online being like, Hey, you know, you you said something that wasn't super inclusive and I wanted to let you know, um, like I did a gynecology episode in 2018 that was all about women's health and I included um, trans women as well. I was like, okay, I got this. And then it came out and I got a flood of messages that were like, you completely eliminated trans men who ha- who would see a gynecologist and mm. still have vaginas right. and you and non-binary people who don't identify as as a woman or a man and that was just something i did not i just mm-hmm. didn't know about i thought i was being like really inclusive i was like right. ha I, I got this yeah you know and um and and i got schooled and i was like okay was, was totally it done in a nice way or in a um a, scolding way one or two people were like wow 
Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I remember the time being like, I tried really hard. I, I thought I did the right thing. I tried, you know. It's hard and, not to uh, get a little bit defensive. And I was like, I really did. Nobody be mad at me. And then, you know, I... I talked to a ton of people and and I got like a really great education on on why that why that stung and mm-hmm. and you know and since then I've learned obviously so much more and I know how to do it better but it's I feel like what happens is a lot of times if someone's like hey you know you didn't do this quite right the person receiving it is like oh yeah well fuck you and I don't care you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like makes it so much worse and it's just be like you have to trust that the person who's calling you out is the same kind of person that wants to yeah. be like hey you've got a little thing right right there right, right. There, in the other tooth you know so I always take it as like yeah. thanks thanks for the heads up you know I um so I went through a phase you know pinworms Oh yeah, uh, I didn't. Unless it's a new app, I don't know about. Like if <laughs> if Pinworm with like no vowels is a yeah. new app, I don't know Pinworm. But if you're talking about things that crawl out of your butt, I know a lot about them. Um, I didn't. I had never heard of them. Mm-hmm. So when I learned that this is a thing, and I think I heard about it on like an episode of we mentioned Paul Rust earlier that show uh-huh. Love. I think that. <laughs> That there was like a joke about pinworms. I was like, what is that? And I looked up, I'm like, oh my God, this is like all of my fears in one. It is, it just combines everything I am afraid of. It made me regret having children. I, they've not had it, but you know, and, and it was like a thing that w- I would take them to a play space and I would see the ball. This is in, in the anti-pem. Anti, no, yeah. a- wait, anti is after, before. What is it? It's before. Okay, Auntie look, Pandy. see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Right, Auntie is before. It's never going to catch on. No, it's never the whole. <laughs> my problem is and that I've, a, it's because a prey is after, and they're both a, and it is confusing to me. It is very confusing. And after in the auntie pan, yeah. yeah, sure. I would see a ball pit, and I was just like, all the all the pinworm eggs, all the pinworm <laughs> eggs are all over that, and I would be nervous about it. Um, I to me, lice was the thing you are afraid of, mm, you know, in my yeah. day. But this pin, this pinworm thing and to read about it and it like you can't avoid it. It's just, you know, it crosses all social. St- anyway, yeah, and, it's, and it's everywhere. Boxes, it's everywhere and everywhere. So yeah. I even like I even asked the pediatrician, you know, about like how how much do we need to worry about this? And <laughs> she's like, well, it's really not an issue until they're toilet trained and they're wiping themselves. You know, it's like, oh, thank okay. God. So now I, sh- but now thank God the pandemic came along, so I don't need to worry about it. Whew. But anyway, if you ever see a ball pit, I'll just show up with my Clorox wipes okay. and just, just one by one. But it kept coming up on the show because it's Ugh. where my head was. Yeah, and a listener wrote in and and was like, like for the love of God, or I don't know what she said, something like very, it felt very harsh to me. And it was just like, stop fucking talking about pinworms. No one gives a fuck about pinworms. Okay. It's just like, Yikes. that's not exactly what she said, but it was yeah. something like that. And I, and yeah. by the way, she, I believe she is still a regular listener. She is lovely. If she's hearing this, I'm sorry that I just spent all <laughs> this time talking, talking about, about it. Pinworms again. Yeah. And also that I just, <laughs> just misrepresented how she contacted me. <laughs> But it, that's how it felt. I don't remember what she said, but it felt that way yeah. to me. It felt like someone like right. yelling at me over it. And I was like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I DM'd, I, I wrote back or so. Anyway, long story short, like this person ended up DMing me and saying she had it. It was oh. really upsetting for an array of reasons. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 and it like, this just brought it back up for her. 
And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, and we talked about it and I stopped talking about it probably till now. But the because she came at because the way it was it was stated with this authority like everyone mm. is sick of you talking about this right, right that i had this reaction where i got defensive but then when i understood that maybe everyone's talking about it but actually it's just she personally was hurt by it then i'm like mm-hmm. oh i can totally hear that yeah and that's the thing is if people call you out ever it's typically because they're hurt by something mm-hmm. and they're just asking to be heard and yeah. you know I I rarely get into flame wars cuz usually if someone has a criticism with me I'm usually like yeah I agree <laughs> right <laughs> like you know I'm like that's pretty good thanks for the heads up you know yeah. I just take it like a hey you've got mustard on your face right thanks I appreciate that um and and you just I just take it as like a free lice life lice <laughs> a free, free louse. life lesson, <laughs> but you know it, and so I think when I I don't know when I see people who get very like well fuck you it's kind of like well you're not learning anything mm-hmm. and there are so you know there are so many ways that you're just like and it's been such a joy to learn about like inclusive right. things um of, you know people that just have different experiences than I do and. You know, I I did an interview, um, you know, back on gender stuff. I did an interview with a scientist who was really binary, you know, studies in men this and mm. studies in women this. And he was an older, uh, an older scientist, and he was not going to include non non binary people mm. in that. And um, so I did a little aside that was just like, hey, you know, I know this is really binary, non binary folks. I see you, love you, you know, and um. And just because I, I wanted to cover those bases, right? And I got a, I got like an email the next week being from someone who was like, I was driving down the freeway in Alabama. I'm non-binary and trans. Like, it is not easy to feel accepted here. This is like in 2018, you know, yeah. 2019 or something. And it was like, I heard that in the road. It just like burst out crying. Aww. And it's these things where you're like, there are, it's not just like there's someone uh, – policing me telling me i'm bad mm-hmm. it's like these are pe- these are right for all those feelings are like people being like hey this kind of hurts yeah. and if you wouldn't say something mean to someone's face or if you wouldn't intentionally like not include them then mm-hmm. you know why do it over the internet so it's just like it, it's always like the positive of things of being like how good is someone going to feel being included instead of like how right. much trouble am i gonna get into if i say it wrong you know right. it's like if you say it wrong and someone corrects you you're welcome you know right. Yeah. Do better and then people feel better later. Yeah. So I don't know. I think like that, like being the less defensive you are, I feel mm-hmm. like I always feel like, um, have you ever heard that in a car crash, it's always the people who are drunk who survive because they don't tense their muscles up? No, I hadn't heard yeah. that. Yeah, people who are drunk tend to sort of be like sometimes sole survivors because they're just mm. like they oh, have slower reactions. Yeah. Loosey-goosey. And I do feel like in general – the less you like ten, right. tense up in a situation, the better off you're going right. to be. Says the oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not proud of ever having a defensive reaction, but I think... Oh, it happens to all of us. Because I, cause I'm like, no, I'm a good person. I know, I'm trying I know. to be kind. Don't you I see? Know. I'm trying. But I, but I totally hear what you're saying. And I know, I know, like I... 
was not able to breastfeed. I tried everything. I pumped. I took the herbs. I saw lactation. Blah, 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 blah. I, I just, it's like a structural issue. I did not, I did not produce milk. I produced like a few drops. I produced in, in a day I could, and I measured it. I, I could produce one ninetieth of what my baby would need. Oh. And it was hard for me because culture is right now. It's, there's such an emphasis on breastfeeding. And so I still have this reaction when I see something that's like talks to women as if breastfeeding is the only option and everyone is able to do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, I get that I'm in, I, I don't know that I'm in the minority of people who choose formula, but I'm in the minority of being in a situation where like it, you know, I I have like hypo, I think it's sort of like hypoplasia or something. It's like the... Mm-hmm like not enough, like the tissue isn't, it's like a structural thing. Um, But still it would be nice to have at least like a a nod or a wink to the people who are not members of the dominant culture in that regard. So I like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying of course, and therefore I can understand anyone who feels they're not included. I'm just saying I, you know, we all have our own things like that where it hurts. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that is why I always feel like, especially, you know, like white, white folks and white women and the Karens of the world, like, uh, you know, there's this, there's this notion of, yeah, like being caught, not being inclusive enough. And if, if you just think about how good it feels to feel recognized and included Mm. and let that drive you instead of the, fear I'm going to do it wrong. Right. It's just like, it's so much more rewarding and it's so much more authentic and it is ends up being so much more. It's just, it's like at the root of it isn't about like cancellation at the Mm -hmm. root of it. All anyone's asking for is compassion. You know, all anyone's asking for is like, see me as a person, understand that my experience might be different than yours and just under like validate it. No one's like, but I feel like if you are coming from a place of, I just don't want to screw up publicly. Mm-hmm. Right. It's too much pressure and I'm sick of being pressured. Like that's not, that that's like not from his like a place of a higher of like, self growth, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's that way with work too. Whenever I'm stressed out about something and I'm like, I have to do a good job. Everyone's going to be mad at me. Or like this episode isn't good enough. It's, it, the episode isn't as good as when I'm just like, I'm going to make something fun and stupid, you know? So yeah. loosening up is like apparently the key to life. Totally. Totally. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I have that whenever I have a guest where I really want to impress them with yeah. like she's she's she has such inquisitive questions and she's so she's really thoughtful and contemplative and, like some of those go okay, but oftentimes I walk away like that the the show isn't supposed to be about that, you know? And so by mate like that's kind of egocentric actually to make it about that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> whereas like it's more fun when I can just fuck around with it with filters with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always feel like the the um the advice I try to come back to is just show up like you belong and have fun and mm-hmm. as much as you can. Cause in those situations where you're like, oh, I don't feel like I belong here. What if I screw up? What if I'm yeah. not good enough? Da, da, da. And uh, I have to be in, in control and not do anything wrong. And mm-hmm. then you end up like a blander version of yourself right. shows up in this like yes. weird, like 
two like you know two-dimensional cardboard cutout of the of a good you shows up and then like anything that's weird and interesting you're like i won't expose this Mm -hmm. which is like the good part you know so just like show up like you belong and act weird is probably i know i wish i could redo (laughs) all the auditions i ever went on because those were always like i don't belong here i have to what 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 do you want let me try to be what you want which is like they don't want that they want someone to come in and rock their world (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like the it's the blue shirt version yeah shirt era <laughs> yes um ali ward i could just talk to you all I night know. and there's so many things we didn't get to so what this means is you just have to come back soon yes, come back on my thursday show please we yes, got to do a patreon follow-up with more beans yes. we can spill all oh the beans God. can people find that patreon episode yeah. where i spilled all those beans yeah Nice. They can find it. Yeah. If you sign up for Patreon, (laughs) you get all the back Patreon stuff too. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, um, weekly bonus episodes, videos, behind the scenes content, Allie's Beans, Zoom parties, super fun stuff. And also, uh, if you would like to subscribe for an annual subscription, you get, uh, you get a savings. You get two months free. So it's 12 months for the price of 10. You can't afford not to. Um, also, (laughs) if you like what you hearing please make sure you're subscribed and if you would be so kind as to leave a nice review five stars is my favorite number um you know if that's genuinely how you feel which i hope it is that helps people find the show so much make sure you're subscribed on youtube as well youtube.com slash allison rosen also i have an amazon storefront where i have been just collecting gathering stuff that i like and use regularly you can shop my podcast gear my beauty stuff house stuff stuff for the kids all that stuff amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen and follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram and also I'm on cameo and also I read something very recently that's like if you have like more than two or three calls to action then it just like confuse it, it, it creates paralysis so therefore I just laid out like seven of them good that's right Buck the system. There's links in the show notes too. People know. That's right. Yeah. That Allie, intrigues me. What? Link in the show notes. Where can everyone find you and what should they look for? Uh, I'm on Instagram at instagram.com slash Allie Ward with one L A L I E W A R D. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm also ologies is at both of those things at ologies. O L O G I G I E S. Yes. My podcast is called Ologies and we talk about all kinds of stuff. So there's, um, if you go to my website, alleyward.com and you click on, uh, topics, episodes by topic, you can see all kinds of topics like uh, history and food and, and human body and stuff. So, um, just start at pick whatever. So yeah, Ologies is my podcast and that's about it. And if you do go to Allison's Patreon, I talk about how I met my fiance and what we did the first night we met. In public. That's right. So. Yeah, here, let me, let me <laughs> put, myself on the, Rose. <laughs> put myself on the screen, too, so you can see my big eyes over the... Mm, wow. That's a, an earful. Oh, my God. Sure is. Yeah. Scan- you'll be scandalized, but just gently. <laughs> just gently scandalized. Yeah. I tell the, I tell juicier stories on Patreon, so have me on a Patreon one soon, and I'll, I would I'll love do some to. good dishing. I would love to. Yeah, Allie. Disgusting. So wonderful seeing you. I can't believe I haven't seen you in person for months and many and for many I moons. Know. Yeah, but like none of us have seen like a doctor in person. Like I haven't seen That's my right. dentist in like a year and a half now. <laughs> like, oh, it's been longer. It's been longer for me. I'm never going to go. I'm like, I'm going to always keep my body up to date. <laughs> 
with like all my things because it I hadn't I haven't been to the dentist since I was in my second trimester with Owen and he's turning two tomorrow. So it's been some time. I'm worried. I'm worried they're going to go in there and just be like, wow. So yeah, but I can't wait. As soon as we all get vaccinated, come to my film premiere of my seven minute documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's too short. <laughs> That's right. It's always lovely being here. Thank Your you for TikTok. having me on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was so wonderful. Thank you so much. I love you. Listeners, I love you. You matter. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Rosie